Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. In Revelation 7, we've been talking about the apocalyptic sealing of the servants of God in their forehead. Now, there's only one seal there, not a seal for uh, national Israel versus uh, the church. It's a seal of the living God that after you have received the word of God, you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until we receive the promised possession. The sealing there is before a time that we have great tribulation and we'll be able to stand in that. That we will not be carried away with these strange doctrines, doctrines of devils and uh, seducing spirits that we see in 1 Timothy 4 verse 1. It does state in the last days the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith. Now they were in the faith, they had the truth, but it's progressive. That means going higher and higher into the Lord Jesus Christ, going up into him in all things there that we're not tossed to and probe every wind of doctrine. And of course, every wind of doctrine is anything contrary to the doctrine of Christ. If any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. We're going to focus on that seal in Revelation 7. And as we read it, you'll say, and after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, north, south, east, and west, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east. Now, this is not a man. Some will say, well, that's the voice of the seventh messenger, the seventh angel, or this is another man. No. This is the spiritual force that we have in Mahanaam there of a double camp in the last days. Just as Jesus, whenever he was coming to that ministry at the age of 30, being our great high priest, but under the law, that he must fulfill everything under the law because in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. Therefore, as the man Christ Jesus is fulfilling the law as a man, as an Adam, made after the fall, as our kinsman and redeemer. Therefore, it's there as a man fulfilling the law. And by man lost, that only a man can redeem us back. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. But there are various steps and levels of glory that Jesus learned obedience through the things which he suffered as a kinsman redeemer, one of us. And by doing that, tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin, he offered himself as a free will, willing sacrifice for our sins, facing death for every man, thereby taking the ordinances of that law that was a wall of partition that parted God from man, even though God is manifest in the flesh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father revealed, there's still that middle wall of partition, that law. 
that has to be satisfied and that law required the shedding of blood for the remission of sin. But to do that, it had to have, Jesus had to be the perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God to be that sacrifice. So he's tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. He's found to be the blameless, spotless Lamb of God. Then he as a willing sacrifice. No man taketh his life from him. Jesus said, I have power to lay down my life and power to take it again. This I've received of my Father. Destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up, showing that I am God. That Jesus stated that. He took the ordinances of that law, nailed it to his cross, and thereby broke down the middle wall of partition in his own body of flesh and blood. God's own body. In the volume of the book is written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. So we search the scriptures, for in them we think we have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me, Jesus said. So on the volume of the book, from Genesis to Revelation, is Jesus Christ. And a body he has prepared, which is, in the days of his flesh, is the temple of God. Destroy this temple, in three days I'll raise it up. Jesus stated that, John 2. They said, 46 years were they in building this temple, and you're going to raise it up in three days? Jesus spake of the temple of his body, not an iron, a naos. And there in the last days, when the son of perdition, the man of sin, who opposes all that is God or that is worship, that setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That temple is not a brick and mortar on the temple mount, being a physical brick and mortar temple. It's a naos. It's a spiritual temple. Now, it could be. If God does, that's fine. But it doesn't have to be. It's not a necessity for the Temple Mount to be rebuilt again there at the Mosque of Omar and the Allah Mosque. It doesn't have to be because Paul stated it's not an iron, a physical brick-and-mortar temple. It's a naos, just as Jesus stated then John 2, you destroy this temple, in three days I will raise it up. This he spake of the temple of his body, naos. Temple, naos. Spiritual temple. Well, setting in the temple of God, that where he ought not the abomination and make it desolate because of transgression. And this is the curse that's come upon the earth. And that curse causes will not come. And he will think to change times and laws. Now we're giving these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us as a body of Christ where we can escape the corruption of this world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature. So there's a ceiling that must happen between the sixth and the seventh seal. We see that in Revelation 6. We go to the sixth seal, and then it states, For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Then there's a ceiling. Who will be able to stand? Those that are sealed. Are there two different seals? One for national Israel, one for the church? No, of course not. Well, we have to try to bend things uh, to fit our own ideology, our own faith system, for whatever doctrine or denomination we're in, but that's just not the case. The Word will stand alone and revealed by the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth. 
and no lies of the truth. As we see here, there's four winds of the earth that's going to hurt the land, the sea, and the trees. And he said, hurt them not. But there's an angel ascending from the east, having the seal, the seal of the living God. Now let's focus on that seal. Having the seal of the living God. He is from the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ, is given that task. And we'll see in the last days, during the time of Jacob's trouble, at time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months of the great tribulation, that the body of Christ will have a manaha on, a double camp. What will you see in the Shulamite is if it were two armies. One army being that of the angelic force. And these angels are ministering spirits for them who are heirs of salvation. We don't worship angels. And we are admonished not to do that. So many people will say in the last days, I am the seventh messenger. I am the angel ascending from the east. I have that seal there. No, you do not. The seal is the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. We know that because we receive the Word of God. And after, only after that we receive the Word of God, then we're sealed. Well, there's different revelation and depths of revelation going from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, that we grow up into Jesus in all things, all truth so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And this is the final sealing in the apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7 after that sixth seal. Who's able to stand? Only those that have the seal of the living God, and they will not be deceived. They've come unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Jesus Christ, having obtained that present truth. And how do we know that? Well, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ, Revelation 1, verse 1, that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Now, John, the beloved disciple, is in the spirit of Elijah. Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. Jesus stated that on the Mount of Transfiguration. Well, John the Baptist as Jesus stated, John will, and the spirit of Elijah, will come and restore all things. But, he said, Elijah has already come. If he will receive it, this he spake of John the Baptist. Well, John the Baptist did no mighty miracles. He was a messenger of, of, of God, coming out of the wilderness, make straight the paths of the Lord. And he fulfilled his call, but he did no mighty miracles. But Elijah... And those in the spirit of Elijah in the last days, in that restitution or restoration of all things, will perform great miracles. And Jesus said, greater than these shall you do. Greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Glorify for the Father's own self, John 17, 5. Set down with my Father in his throne, Revelation three twenty one. He is the Father revealed, John 16. That's righteousness. Now, as we focus on that seal, Notice that in Daniel 9, 24, 
we're going to see that he states that there is a seal in Daniel 9.24 that 70 weeks and 70 is the number of restitution and restoration. And Jesus, we see in Acts 3.20 and 21, that the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things. All things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Well, all things is all true. And it's given to you and us, all that are in the body of Christ, to know the truth. It's given to us to know all things and to know all truth and no lies of the truth. And it's the revelation of Christ. Who's the liar but he denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He's Antichrist that has denied both the Father and the Son. And that is where we jump track. We do not understand that there is no trinity. There's no binary, two-ness. There's no oneness doctrine. The man is God. He always has been God and always will be God that took on a body of flesh and blood. He's not a man that was filled with the Spirit of God. He's the Spirit of God that took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of man. Philippians 2, 6-8, Isaiah 43:10. Now we're talking about the seal. As a seal, and there's some things given to us, and some of it's controversial. We understand that, and of course it will be. But as the Spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost leads and guides us, it all clears up very distinctly. And it says there in Daniel 9, 24, in this time of restitution, restoration of all things, that 70 weeks, 70 in number of restoration, are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Now, what is that? That holy city, that city of God, the new Jerusalem, that heavenly Jerusalem, which is the mother of us all. We're come to that at Mount Zion, that heavenly city, Jerusalem. We're coming to an innumerable company, innumerable company of angels. Jesus, the mediator of the covenant. Spirits of just men made perfect. And we find under that, that fifth seal. And under that fifth seal, there are souls slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. And it's very important that they know where they are. They have cognitive ability and say, O Lord, holy and true, how long will it be before thy avenge or blood upon them that dwell on the earth? We're here with you. Spirits of just men made perfect. White robes of righteousness were given to each one of them. And said, until your brethren and your fellow servants, your brethren, the church, should be killed as you were, should be fulfilled. That's the fifth seal. Then we go into the, uh, the sixth seal, the sun and the darkness, the moon and the blood. And who will be able to stand in the day of the wrath of the Lamb? And then they're sealed. Now notice the seal in Daniel 9, 24. There's 70 weeks. This restoration, this restitution. Are determined upon thy people, thy holy city, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins. Now Jesus took away the sin of the world. That original sin, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one, 
so also the free gift is as one. When John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And he did that on the cross. He took the ordinances of that law, nailing it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, and thereby making peace in his own body of flesh and blood, him being the Spirit of God that made himself a body of flesh and blood, Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5. Now, focusing on the seal. Seal the servants of our God in their forehead. Not on it, in it. In their foreheads. It's the mind of Christ. But it's growing up into him, in Jesus, in all things, things of truth. And it's only after we've received the word of God that we're sealed. And there's different levels. And we're coming into the final level. We start off as newborn babes, desire, then sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Well, of course, we've passed from that. You're born of the water and the spirit, and you did that. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit. Now, that's in Pentecost. And there we're seen through a glass darkly. And having knowledge in part, having this understanding in part, this revelation in part. But then, right now in this season of tabernacles, which we are currently in, God's doing a new thing. We're not seeing through a glass darkly. All knowledge, all truth is given to us now. We see it in 2 Corinthians 3. For God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we, the body of Christ, have this treasure in earth and vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. What is it revealing? The Lord is that spirit. Jesus is that spirit. He is the father of glory. He is the El Shaddai. He is Elohim. He is the Tetragrammaton. He is the Lofty of the Tav. He is Jehovah. He is the Holy Ghost. The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Then it tells us, we're not seeing through a glass darkly. We all with open face, the face is where the glory is. And we, the body of Christ, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Not seeing through a glass darkly now. Having part knowledge, part truth, but all truth, growing up in him in all things. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. All of it are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord, not of ourselves, but simply through obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6. Now, notice, it's now full glory. It's growing up into Jesus in all things, all truth, that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. With that said, we see in Daniel 9.24, it's going to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity, lawlessness, as Jesus stated in Matthew 7. Not all the same to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in because you didn't do the will of God. You were newborn babes and you were born of the spirit and born of the water. Then you grew in glory, 
in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the Lord Jesus to the next level, which was little children. Little children have more revelation. They know that Jesus is the Father. And we know that in 1 John 2, 12-14, John in his epistle said, I write unto you little children because you've known the Father and your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. But you've known the Father. You know that Jesus, Jesus stated, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 14. And how sayest thou then show us the Father? There is another step after that of growth and another level of glory. And that is young men. Now, right to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. The overcomers are listed by Jesus in Revelation, the second and the third chapter to the church in Ephesus, Myrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Now, we're coming to that, that time in Revelation 4 and 5 of the living creatures, the Zoe. And these are the ones called to God into his throne and that have obeyed God and were going higher in glory than little children. So we see in Matthew 7, these are little children. They've known that Jesus is the Father. They call him Lord, Lord. But Jesus said, not all that's saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in because you didn't do the will of God. You might have known it, but you didn't do it. Iniquity is lawlessness, not obeying the leading of the Spirit of God. And because iniquity, iniquity will abound in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. And this iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God. Well, at that point, Jesus said, they'll start professing unto Jesus, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We have prophesied in your name. We have cast out devils in your name. Then Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. For you did not do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. You didn't do the will of God. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that certainly is a mistaken identity, thinking that they were right and did not go on to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ in doing his will, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, or it's God that worked upon us both the will and the do of his good pleasure. We have to understand, we have to do the will of God. These are young men, but still there's a higher glory yet to be obtained in the apocalyptic ceiling in Revelation 7. And as we take a look at that, and it will literally take the wicked out of the earth with this great work of God that he does in the last days. And we see that in Hebrews 12. No more will they say, blessed be the Lord God, which brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. That won't even come into mind. Now, there's a trumpet. It was on Sinai, Mount Sinai. The Lord descended upon that mountain, shook the earth. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. The people begged Moses, let you know, Moses, you hear from God and tell it to us, lest we die. And whosoever touched the mountain was thrust, thrust through with a dart. The, the trumpet, the shofar sounded louder and louder. It was hard to miss it because it was a clarion call of the trumpet. But the churches, most of them, 
there in the nominal world. Thanks, well, there's already saved, sanctified, and on the way to heaven. And there's no other work of the ministry to be obtained in coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man for the perfecting of the body of Christ, coming unto perfection, not realizing we must come to be a perfect, spotless, blameless, glorious church without spot or blemish. That's the only one Jesus is coming back for, a glorious church without spot or blemish. Well, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And in Matthew 5 stated, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. A commandment, be perfect. We must come unto perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and not only in doing his will, but knowing the work of the ministry in the last days for that sealing. Because after we've received this word of God, the present truth in a higher level than Pentecostals and Tabernacleist, that we will be sealed through the word of God with the Holy Spirit of God until we receive the promised possession. And that is literally inheriting all things that we've suffered with him and joined heir with Jesus Christ. We see in Daniel 9, 24, there will be an end of sins to make reconciliation for this iniquity, this lawlessness, that iniquity is abounding in the latter days. And because of that, the love of many is waxing cold. You will be hated of all nations for my name's sake, Jesus said, and some of you will be delivered up to be put to death. And this will they do unto you. He said in John 16, that I forewarned you that you should not be offended. Yea, the time comes that they will deliver you up out of the synagogues, out of the churches. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killed you will think that he did God a service. This they will do unto you because they do not have the revelation of Christ. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is the Son of Man. Christ is the Son of God. Christ is that Spirit. It's one and the same. The man is God. This they will do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is that Spirit. And that's the reason why they will miss God to the point that they'll actually kill their own brethren and think they did God a service. A man's enemies will be those of his own household because they did not go on from newborn babes to little children to young men to fathers knowing the work of God, the work of the ministry. For that sealing, the final sealing in Revelation 7. What is this seal? And how, how important is it? Well, we know that under that fifth trumpet in Revelation 9, under the fifth trumpet, that there is a key to the bottomless pit to let out, and locusts come out, and they have a king over them, Apollyon in the Greek, Abaddon in the Hebrew, destroyer. And they are to hurt only the men that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. We've got to have that seal. And they hurt men for five months, the plague of the locusts. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall all his soul be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days in Noah's flood, which is exactly 
five prophetic months, five months. The same as the locust plague in Revelation 9, under the fifth trumpet, five months, 150 days, as it was in the days of Noah. It's going to separate the righteous from the wicked. Well, we're going to see there in Daniel 9, 24, it's a reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness. Well, that's only when judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness, and this is everlasting righteousness, for which there will be no end. A kingdom that is given to the Son of Man, which will be no end, and a dominion that will reign forever. And over the earth there will be one king in his name, one, Zechariah 14, and that's Daniel 7, 13, in the Son of Man revelation, including the body of Christ. When he, all the Son of Man, and it's in Jesus, him the head, we the body, will be delivered up to God, even the Father, that he may be all through all and in us all. Well, there is in Daniel 9, 24, and to seal up the vision and prophecy. To seal up the vision and the prophecy. What's a prophecy? Words of the book of this prophecy. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ the last book in the Word of God, in your Bible. It is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, to understand the words of the book of this prophecy. And if you add anything to the words of the book of this prophecy, the plagues of this book will be added unto you. That's how serious it is. Or if you take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, your name will be taken out of the, out of the holy city and blotted out of the book of life. We lose it all. So it is imperative, critical, that we grow up into Jesus in all things, all truth. Walking in the light is he's in the light. And we have in fellowship one with another, blood flow, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It's progressive. Progressive truth. And it says there to seal up the vision, the vision. We see that vision in Daniel, the second chapter. The vision of what will happen in the last days, a stone hewn out of a mountain without hand, that rock, that Christ. And it will smite the image in the feet. And all of that image to the beast will fall. The Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, and Rome will fall, which is the leopard and the bear in Revelation 13, and all of the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms, kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. But what is that seal? To seal up. To seal that up the vision and prophecy and anoint the most holy. The anointing of that most holy place. Not Pentecost in the sanctuary. That was Acts 2. Former reign. Now we're coming to the latter reign. The last great reign of his strength. That's anoint the most holy. The most holy place. Tabernacleist. Not Pentecostal. And that's the reason the cherubim of glory is shadowing the mercy seat. Paul said, of which now we cannot speak particularly. The cherubim are the living creatures of Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. And in, in Hebrews 9, verse 5, Paul singles out the work of these living creatures, these cherubim, shadowing the mercy seat, of which now we cannot speak particularly. The cherubim are the chariots of God that guided the God will be seen over his chariots. He will turn his minister to fire and a holy one over you for a flame. Not just cloven tongues of fire setting on you. 
which was a wonderful work in Pentecost, but turning the whole ministers, everyone in the body of Christ, everyone, not just apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but all ministrations, all ministry, all members in the body of Christ into a flame of fire. And the angels will be minister spirits for them who are heirs of salvation. And we find that these angels are ministering spirits and have the seal of the living God to seal the servants of God in their forehead, which is the mind of Christ. Not two different seals there. There, That's ludicrous. There's only one seal. And seal up the vision. And it's going to end the prophecy too. What is that? The words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, anoint the most holy. That's not, that is not the Pentecostal season of Acts 2. That is the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Engathering. That's the book of the revelation of the revealing of Jesus Christ, that all will know him for the least of the greatest in the last days. Now let's take a look at that seal. In the work of God, if you take a look at Psalm 149, and it tells us some of the things that God will do in the last days. And it says in Psalm uh 149, that we are instruments of God in judgment. And that will have judgment given to the saints of the Most High God on and in the day of the Lord. When we're changed in a moment and twinkling an eye at the last trump. And at that time, we will grow up as calves of the stall. The son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings and the wicked will be ashes under the righteous feet. But what happens before then? We see in Psalm 149, it said, the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Watch that beautify. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. The bed is a rest in the Holy Ghost. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Why? Because the cherubim at the east end of the garden of God with a flaming sword run hand in hand. Then what do they do? Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, a two-edged sword in their hand, the body of Christ, to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. Who is it? To bind their kings with chains and their nobles and fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgments written. This honor have all his saints. Praise you the Lord. Those that are sanctified. Well, what's happening in the last days? Well, God's going to beautify the meek with salvation. The ones that are broken of a contrite spirit. In Psalm 148, the preceding Psalm, it says uh, that the body of Christ, praise you the Lord, praise you from heavens, praise you him in the heights, Praise you him, all his angels. Praise you him, all his hosts. Praise you him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens, and you waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. For the Lord, praise the Lord 
from the earth, you dragons and all deeps. Verse 8, focusing on verse 8, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. Now that's foul weather. That's winter, the time of snow. We find an Edo and uh, uh, the mighty man of David that there was a man that slew them in the time of snow. And we see 30 there, 3 and 30, because it's the number of the man-child, the work of the ministry in the last days. We see fire and hail turn his ministers into a flame of fire. Holy One over you as fire. Snow and vapor, a time of snow, a time of winter. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be a time of great tribulation, since there was not a nation, no, nor shall ever be again. Except those days be shortened, no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, the ecclesia, the church, those days will be shortened. And we're going to find in Revelation 12, that flight is given to us. Two wings of an eagle are given to the woman, the church, where she flieth into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, where she's nourished from the face of the serpent. We're in the face of God. Bowling is in that in this, this glass, the glory of the Lord, because God has shown his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. The face is the glory. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the very same image. Not partial glory, not knowledge in part, but full glory. It's fulfilling his word. Fire, hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind. The wind, stormy wind, that's going to blow upon the house. If it's founded upon a rock, it'll stand. The wise man, that he will liken to be a wise man, dig deep and founded a rock, that true Christ, knowing the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. The height, he's God. He is the Father of glory. He is the Word. He's the Holy Ghost. Christ is that Spirit. What's the depth? He became a man. He added to himself the form of a servant made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross. Then he says, it's expedient, I go away. If I do not go away, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, will not come. Because out of your belly will flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus in the days of his flesh must be glorified to give us of his spirit. And that is now the height he's God. He is the father. The depth, he became a man, one of us. Then he fulfilled the law, breaking down the middle wall of partition, taking the ordinance of the law, nailing it to his cross, and thereby making peace, one new man, and that new man is that quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Now what's the length and width? It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have in love toward the brethren. Christ in each of us, the hope of glory, the mystery of godliness. Now, all this will fulfill God's word in the last days. The fire, the hail, the snow, the vapor. Well, what's the vapor? Whenever... The man-child is birthed. The calves grow up as a stall. The clouds that distill and then rain. It's a former and latter rain. Job speaks about it. Well, we need to take a look at Job. 
because Job will tell us in Job 38, God speaking to Job about the whirlwind. And why whirlwind? Because in the days of restoration of all things, in the times of the restitution of all things, that Jesus will come and will not come before then because the heavens must receive Jesus and stay, keep him there. He must stay there. I should say the word of God that he should stay there and receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, all truth, not partial truth, all things, all truth, Acts 3, 20, 21. And this is a whirlwind. Well, God answered Job out of the whirlwind. It's just as he did with Elijah. Now, whirlwind's going to take Elijah up. And we must see that work of the ministry because Elijah must first come and restore all things. Matthew 17, Jesus stated so. But there's a seal somewhere. Yeah, we must be sealed, the servants of God, in our forehead to be able to stand in that day, which is the word of God. When all heaven and earth is on fire, only the word as well established in heaven will stand. And those that have it will stand. Who can abide the day of his coming? Only those that are sealed that have the word of God. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. That whirlwind, whenever it came and there on uh, the time of the party, after going over the Jordan, Elisha following Elijah, and Elijah is the one God mes- message. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Elijah, El, Elohim, is Yah, Jehovah. The Elohim, all the attributes of God, from the A to the Z, the Allah through the Tav, the Alpha to the Omega, are Yah, Elohim, A to Z, Allah through the Tav, the Alpha to the Omega, everything God is from A to Z, is Yah. Who is that? Yah, Jesus. Jesus, Yeshua, Jehovah's salvation. Who is this Jesus? He's Elohim. He is Jehovah Lord. That's Elijah. Well, Elijah, that revelation has to be revealed. And Elijah said, I want a double portion of everything you have. Should you ask a hard thing? But if you see me, if you have revelation of this, if you have a revelation of the work of God, the work of the ministry in the last days, that Elijah must first come, Jesus said, and restore all things before the second advent, before the second coming of Jesus, when it comes the second time without sin and salvation, for the salvation of his saints. If you see it, you'll have it. That's your ceiling. If you see it, you'll have it. And that is Elisha. Elohim is salvation. What is that? Well, Elohim is Jehovah. That's Jesus. But now, Elijah, Elohim is salvation. God is our salvation. And for us to see that work of the ministry, that work of the ministry that we're all called for, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, the whole body of Christ, we must see and receive that engrafted word, it's able to save us in present truth. Not Pentecostal word that happened 2,000 years ago. We're progressing much higher. We're growing up into Jesus and all things. Well, well, then what is it then? 
Well, Elijah said, Elisha, if you see me go up, if you have this revelation of my work in the last days, that God's going to use me in the spirit of Elijah through the body of Christ, you will have what you say, a double portion. And Ephraim, a double portion. But if you don't, you won't. At that time, a whirlwind came. God's speaking to Job out of this whirlwind. And a whirlwind came. Well, the deep calleth unto the deep, and God answers by the water spouts, the whirlwind of the water, the whirlwind that brings the water of truth up to and in our spirit from God himself from the throne room. It's not only a beaten olive oil where we are feeding the 22 knots of oats to feed the seven lamps in the candlestick. No, this is golden oil straight from the throne room. It's a golden oil. It's throne room revelation. And that's what we're having now. For those that have an ear to hear, it's a new thing. It's a new wine. And we must be new wineskins in order to be preserved in that day and not that the new wine will fail in us. We have to receive this word and have it sealed. And that is through, after we see the word of God, that we go through trials or temptations to our faith be tried as by fire. We believe it. We're going to be tried. That it'll come forth as pure gold for the glory of God. And whenever the whirlwind came and lifted up Elijah and took him into the heavens, now, Elisha saw it said, my father, my father, that's a small case F, not saying my God, my God, my father, my father, the final growth in fathers, not, not babies, not little children, not young men, but fathers, my father, my father said it twice. Why? Because it's manifest. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. There's a chariot and the horseman. The chariot is the word of God you have in you. The horse is the life or the vivas or the life of your chariot. It's the rhema. It's the work that you do in obedience. In the life, a living epistle that you have that word that you have in you, the logos, manifest. And by doing that, the mantle of Elijah fell upon Elijah, Elisha. And he comes to the Jordan River, and Elisha takes it. Now he has a double portion. He's going to work double the miracles of Elijah. He comes to the Jordan River, smites, and says, where's the Lord God of Elijah? And the river parted. Well, the same is happening there in this Elijah, which is the body of Christ in John, in the last days that we see in Revelation 10. John hears what the seven thunders out of their voices. He was about to write, then write it not. It's going to be given to you in the little book. That revelation of Jesus Christ, seals, trumpets, and vows, and you're going to have the understanding of these things through the Holy Ghost. Take the book out of the angel's hand, John, and eat you all of it, not part of it, not partial truth as it was in Pentecost, but all of it, all things, all truth. Nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to take it. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent take it by force. Paul said, we press. Since the law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, men press their way into it. 
the kingdom of God. Paul said, wrote 14 books of the New Testament. Out of 27 books, he wrote 14. And he said, I haven't already attained yet. Neither am I already perfect. But I'm trying to apprehend that, that spirit, which I'm apprehended of Christ. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth of those things which are before, the new wine, the new thing. Pressing toward the mark. That's a tav. That's not the beginning, A, B, C, D. It's the, the tav, the Z. I'm reaching for all the alphabet from A to Z. I'm reaching for all of it. Not partial truth, not one verse, but all of it, all truth. Pressing toward the mark, the tav. We see in Ezekiel 9 that a mark upon their forehead begin at the house at Jerusalem. Ones that are sighing out and crying for the sins of abominations done in, in Jerusalem. That mark is a tav. It's not a loth, beth, gomel. It's not the beginning of the Hebrew abecedary. It's the end of it. Don't start the race. Run all the way to the end and receive the mark in all truth. That's a sealing of God in our foreheads. All truth. And that will allow us to stand to obtain this eternal salvation through faith. Receiving the end of our faith. Eternal life. We must be sealed. Well, at whirlwind, and that came up, my father, my father, the church of Israel, the horsemen thereof. The father is not the newborn babes, little children, young men. They're the fathers. And the fathers in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, in John's epistle, he says, I've written to you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. You know the word. I have written unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. That lets us know it cycles. I have written and I write. It was and it is. That which is to come already has been. It cycles. I have written unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. I write unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. The time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. It's progressive. That's what he's saying. And the fathers we must grow up in Jesus in all things, all truth, so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That's the sealing. That's the seal of God in our forehead, the mind of Christ in the word of God that we now have obtained, that God has given through the Holy Ghost, not through us, but this precious truth given to us, whereby we're made protectors of his divine nature. So here's the whirlwind. And... Uh, we know that hymns from the beginning because that's my, the word in the beginning was the word, word with God, the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Who are the fathers? They know him that's from the beginning. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him, in him was life and the life was the light of men. This is the true light, the light of every man that cometh into the world. We find there the fathers know that word. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh to fullest measure the statue of Jesus unto perfection for the perfecting of the saints will be the ones used for the work of the ministry in Ephesians 4. Those are what the ones that are called out for the work of the ministry that will preach this everlasting gospel all the world 
for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. Who are they? Well, they fathers, those are the ones that have that Elijah restoration ministry in the last days, which is John. As he stated there, John took that little book of angels hand and he ate all of it. Not part of it, not partial truth, all of it, all truth. It was sweet to his mouth as honey. Honey's a revelation of words we see with Jonathan, son of Saul, when he dipped his sword into the honey and ate, and his eyes were open. The honey's a revelation of the word. Butter, butter and honey shall everyone left eat that's left in the land. Well, that is to know the choose the good and refuse the evil. Honey's a revelation of the word, but it'll be bitter to your belly. Those are the natural herbs of, of suffering, the bitterness. Well, we crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust, but the honey there and was told John, the ones that do this, the body of Christ that goes on from Pentecost and into all truth, going deeper in the word of God. John, the body of Christ, you've eaten a little book. Now you are a vessel meat for the master's use. Your faith has been tried by fire and he's going to now seal you for the work of the ministry. That Revelation 7 sealing, that apocalyptic sealing for you to work the works of God, not only of the redemption miracles of Jesus, healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, and catch it going free. But you're also going to work the judgment miracles of Moses, where you will famish all the gods of this earth. And we'll get into that in detail later. And the the restore, restoration, or the uh, restoration or restitution miracles of Elijah in restoration in that spirit of Elijah, which is John. You'll be working all of those. Redemption miracles, the kingdom miracles of Elijah, as well as the judgment miracles of Moses, a new thing that's never been done before will be done and seen through the body of Christ. Notice there's a day coming for that. It's a light and the morning star. Notice there that God is speaking to Job out of this whirlwind. And Elijah has gone up in the whirlwind. God is speaking to Job out of a whirlwind. And it's indicative of what will befall the saints of God in the last days, the glory and what we will go through in hail, in fire, hail, uh, there in the, in the work that will uh, be seen in the last days. Vapors and uh, uh, the rain of the latter rain that we'll sing in the work of the Holy Ghost. This is speaking of Job out of the whirlwind, and he says, who is this that darkened the counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, like a man child, and I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare it if you have understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who hath laid the cornerstone thereof? The foundation stone, the cornerstone. We know Jesus is his chief cornerstone. It's talking about the work of God in the last days. When the morning stars 
sang together. And all the sons of God shouted for joy. These sons of God, we're seeing there that in the Septuagint, they are the angels. And he says, and who shut up the sea with doors when it broke forth as if it had issued out of the womb. Talking about the womb of the earth. And when Jesus resurrected, that was the birth of not only the restoration, redemption for the church and justification by faith, sanctification, ultimate glorification, but it also is the beginning of the creation of God in a new heaven, new earth. It birthed everything new. Jesus, the first beginning of all the creation of God. When I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and the thick darkness a swaddling band for it, and break up for it my decreed place, and set bars and doors. Now watch the decree. And it said, Hitherto shalt thou come, and no further, and here shall thy proud ways be stayed. This hast thou commanded the morning. Remember, uh, weeping dirt for night, but joy comes in the morning. With has thou commanded the morning since thy days, have, because of the length of your days, Job, and caused the day spring to know his place, that day spring in our heart? Watch here now. That it might take hold of the ends of the earth, very important, that the wicked might be shaken out of it. There's the work. It's a whirlwind. The wicked's shaken out of it. He's shaking it. There's a sifting going on among the nations. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. But I'll, I'll destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. No evil, no tribulation, no trouble, no birth pains. We're not going to have any birth pains. Babylon, the false church says, I set a queen. I am no widow and I will have, see, no sorrows. I will have no birth pains. I'm not going to have any tribulation persecution to bring forth a man-child. I'm already there. Understanding that she thinks she already has obtained everything there is, not knowing there's a far greater work ahead, and those that are going from not only newborn babes or little children or young men, but fathers in the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, into all truth. Now, these are for only the ones that are stirred in their spirit. Woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. We have to stir ourselves up. Jesus said, I'll search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. We must be stirred up. That the wicked might be shaken out of it. Notice the seal in the next verse. It is turned as clay to the seal. Now somebody said, what does that have to do with the seal of God and the service of God in their forehead? Everything. Because they will come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man, and these will be the one for the work of the ministry that will take the everlasting gospel in the witness, not just carry in a word in letter, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost that our faith will not stand in enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. 
not only in the redemption miracles of Jesus that he did and all that he did, but Moses and the judgment miracles to banish all the gods of this earth that only the Lord God will be lifted up. And then the restoration miracles of Elijah in the kingdom miracles that he did. The body of Christ with you all. This is a total new thing. And it's only those that have the seal. And the seal will turn, it says here, it's turned as clay to the seal. You take the clay and the seal rolls over it to show the authority of God. And they stand as a garment. What is that? In a seal, it's like the, the morning sun comes up, the day there, the day springs upon the earth, and it's like a seal opening up the truth, the whole truth to the body of Christ. And the world will see it in demonstration of power of the Holy Ghost, the Lord revealing the kingdom of God being preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. Why is it a seal? Because it's the seal of the living God in the saints that proclaim this word. We're not the angel ascending from the east. No one is. That is the provision made for the body of Christ to receive the word that we will be sealed by in our foreheads. But as that day spring comes, while it's, while it's dark, the seal, until it's rolled as, as the clay there, God's speaking to Job. Well, it's as the darkness of night. You can't see the hills, the mountains, the glorious valleys and the mountains and the trees and the rivers of, of water running through the, work, the earth. It's under the cloak of darkness. But the seal, when it rolls over the clay, it will stand up as a garment. It'll be revealed as the soldiers and everyone in their order. It'll be as a day spring and all the trees and, and everything will be vividly seen in the mountains, the valleys, the rivers, the trees planted by the water and that shall not be moved. The ones that it's shaken, the previous verse, the Lord hath promised that those that do not have this seal of the, of the word of God and not just a Pentecostal seal, those of fathers, not newborn babes, born of the water and spirit, not little children, know that he's the father. Many will say, Lord, Lord, and will not be able to enter in because they didn't do the will of God. The young men do the will of God and overcome, but they got to go on to fathers for the work of the ministry and to know this as a seal of God in their foreheads. They are the living creatures of Zoe that have eyes before and behind. They see the cycles of God that which has been. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that's from the beginning. And I write unto you fathers present truth. Those are eyes before that they know where they're headed and behind where they've been. I have written to you fathers. You have eyes behind and I write into you fathers because you've known them from the beginning. Those are the ones that know the work of God. 
that is the voice of God as it is being spoken. The time is coming and now is. That is future and is now. They have eyes before and behind in the word of God, in the work of the ministry, in the things that God's doing now in present truth, not Pentecost. So it is. It is turned how? He gives us there as clay to the seal. Well, the clay is nothing until the seal comes over it and reveals it. Who's the seal? The ones that have the seal of living God will reveal it in the last days. It will what? It will stand. They will stand as a garment. What garment? Well, the garment's righteousness. Those that have been baptized in Christ and put on Christ, they have uh, this garment, their wedding garment, is Christ. It's a revelation of Christ. It will stand as a garment. It will stand and there be literally proclaimed to all the earth as a garment. Fully clothed upon in the garment, which is Christ. And it's revealed as the day spring upon the earth. Darkness is taken away. What happened? The wicked, the wicked are shaken out of it. That's the seal. It's the seal of the vision and the prophecy. What's the seal? The seals are re- the revealing of it. Seal, but it's, somebody said, well, that's, it's, it's not, it's not uh, inconspicuous. It's scrutinized in all the world. It's seen in all the world. It's not hidden in a corner. They will see the seal. The seal of the living God will, as that clay, it can't be distinguished. It's as the earth in darkness. But when the seal goes over, it's revealed. What's the seal? The word of God. And they note him that's from the beginning. What's that? Word of God. Those are the fathers. Those are the only ones that's going to be able to bring forth as a day spring to the earth that all light, that son of righteousness, son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Why? In Malachi 4, why the sun? Because it's the day spring. It's, a, it's, a, it's the new day. It's full light. Not doing, seeing through a glass darkly, trying to make out the image of it. It's perfectly revealed. It's in the seal. It's in the seal. Because when the clay, until it has the seal rolled over it, you can't understand, can't see what it is, not distinguished. But when God lets that seal go, seal the servants of God in their forehead, and they go out, then the everlasting gospel preached to all the world for a witness in all nations. Then it will stand as a garment. They shall stand as a garment. The righteousness of God revealed, manifest to all the world. And all the wicked are shaken out of it. It's a shaking. Just like God shook Mount Sinai and they shook the earth in those days. This is not that. Far, far greater. Hebrews 12 says, the Lord will not, hath promised, he will not shake earth only, yet promise yet once more. I shake not the earth only, like I did in Sinai, like when a great deliverance from Egypt, and I came to Sinai and showed you, gave you my law. That was their Pentecost. But now, I'm going to shake not only the earth, but also heaven. That all that can be shaken 
will be shaken. That's the reason why you see that the moon turned to blood, the, the sun uh, darkened the moon into blood, and then you come at, at the sixth seal, and then you come to a sealing because a seal is going to be that to the clay. It's going to be the garment. It will stand as a garment. It will stand as righteousness in the earth for all to see. And the ones that do receive it, they will shine forth as the brightness of the firmament, as the stars forever in glory, and that turn many to righteousness, to the real revelation, the real Jesus, not a trinity, not a binary, not a oneness, but the Jesus only doctrine of Christ that is only one God, and he's it. He's Christ. He's Christ the Father, who is the same as the Son, who is the same that is Christ that's in us. There's only one Spirit, and in one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, Father of us all and in us all. That Father of glory is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that seal is the ones that's come not only as babies, little children, young men, but fathers. There's the whirlwind. That's the reason why. God is speaking to Job out of the whirlwind. And that's the reason he took Elijah in a whirlwind. And he talks about at this shaking, that he shakes not only. He hath promised he will not shake the earth only, but also heaven. Yet once more, that all that can be shaken may be removed as the things that are made. The wicked will be shaken. The wicked will be shaken out of it. Look at uh, uh, Job 38 and verse 13. They'll be shaken out of there. It's the work of the ministry. The wicked cannot understand these things. Only the righteous, because that's the garment, the garment of praise. It's the righteousness of God by faith. Christ revealed in and through the body of Christ. And all that are made may be shaken as the things that are made. So those things that cannot be shaken may remain. We are the remnant of our seed that remain. They keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Keep the commandments of God of those that love God and have the testimony of Jesus is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. They keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. There you have it. There's a seal. And only the ones that have the seal will be the ones that will come there and a great light as a garment. Stand as a garment. As the clay to the seal, it's all revealed through the light. There, there. If this has uh, spoken to you, this work of God, and it's got so, so, we're just scraping the tip of the iceberg of the truth of God. So much glory will be revealed that has never been seen before in and through the body of Christ in the latter rain. Ask if you rain the time of the latter rain, the Lord make bright clouds and four showers. Everyone grass in the field. For those that have an ear to hear what he's doing now to the churches. Let us all enter into it. This is spoken to you. The Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit that this is the word of God. We'd love to have you contact us. We'd like to contact you. We'd like to be one with you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Know them that labor among you. Uh, you can call me. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you. My country code is one plus. 903-746-4885. We'd love to hear from you and wait for your phone call. Or you can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, 
zip code 75606. Or you can message us or ask a question. Contact us over the website, sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Well, we want to thank you for all your prayerful support and your generous offerings, whereby we're able to keep the podcast coming to you over the social sites. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.